The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball. You can play um, three. Uh, you can play head-to-head, three-man, six-man. There's, there's running leagues. You win one night. It keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft, and you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or, or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 113 we're gonna talk some fantasy baseball and uh some of these new players getting some chances with some uh teams that are pretty much out of the races but uh in order to do so joined by a special guest you can find him at friends with fantasy benefits heart head heart, head heart radio our sports i am sorry i'm butchering this um <laughs> and, then, and then on twitter at rth222 randy haynes how we doing man Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Long time, first time. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, but yes, Head Heart Sports and Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Before we get going there, what do you have going on with those guys these days? 
Uh, yeah, with Friends of Fantasy Benefits, I do a podcast. Uh, we usually try to get one out once a week. Uh, things have been kind of busy f- over the last uh, month or so with vacations, all-star break. Um, with uh, Mike the Rotocop and Colin Weatherwax, we usually do at least one- try to do once a week. You know, we were doing some fab for a while. Um, we did a lot of the TGFBI league breakdowns at the start of the season. Just, you know, same thing, see whatever see whatever comes up. We try to put together like a trade deadline show here recently. So we've we've got some guests. Mike is very good at networking. He gets us some some pretty fun and cool guests every once in a while. So that's that's been fun to do. Um Pen Heart Sports is just something I do with some real good friends of mine. Kind of whenever whenever something strikes us, we'll we'll post something up there. Uh you know, it was something we've been doing for a while there. So, but excited to be on with you and ready to talk some baseball. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Mike's a good dude. Uh, I know I haven't interacted with Colin a ton. I know we follow each other and need to have him on the show eventually, but it's a good little group you got there doing the podcast. Before we get into the players, I know uh, most of you guys were doing very well in the in the TGFBI, but I can't remember exactly. I, I'm doing so bad, I kind of stopped looking at the overall standings. <laughs> so how are you hanging in there on the TGFBI right now? I, I'm hanging by thread. Um, I got off to a pretty good start, and then things started to die off. Um, I, as I don't know what I'm up to date this second as. Uh, there's been some games going on right now, but I've been bouncing back and forth between like fifth and eighth in my league, uh, respectively. Um, again, I stopped once I once I fell out of the top two or three in my league. It wasn't there's no point in checking the overall. I've uh, mm-hmm. lit my fab on fire with a couple of guys here lately, with like Robert Gisellman and all. So it's, it's that's the big thing for me is going to be saves and and trying to trying to stay healthy finally maybe you know once Strasburg gets back I can maybe be healthy again but it's been a really fun experience I've enjoyed it uh, made some made some friends out of it so it's it's been really cool I hope they if they keep it going yeah I'm with you it's been a blast it hasn't gone ideally there's just so many darn injuries it's been unbelievable yeah. but um but it's like, made for I've some left- fun I'm oh, sorry I would say it's made yeah. for some fun fab Sundays with on Twitter oh. with some interaction and all it's been a lot of fun yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. It's like yeah. the seeing yeah. what players go for in each league because it's been bananas, yeah. like absolutely oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I remember I got a – I can't remember who it was now. I got him a couple weeks ago for like 30 bucks, and I was the only one to bid in my league, and it goes for like 300 bucks in another league, yeah. and it, it was crazy. That's, so, yeah. Yeah, that's been happening always, a lot. Always a good time, and it's, it varies this time of year based on fab available and whatnot. But, hey, maybe this weekend will be fun with some of these guys we talk about. Let's kick it off. Uh, Tyler Glass now. It's a he's a very very talented young pitcher. We've known it for a long time with the Pirates. He can just never get it going. He comes over in the Tommy Pham deal, and so far they they already said they're going to start him out as one of their openers. But they want to extend him. They showed that he went three innings in his first start, four innings yesterday. He's gone from forty eight to sixty one pitches. You know, by in the next week he might be a full fledged. Let's just let him go, guy. He's looked outstanding. Uh, you said you watched a lot of that game yesterday. What are you seeing with Glass now? Yeah, he looks really good. Um, he, of course, it doesn't take a lot to light up my Orioles like he he did last night. But again, he still had 13 swings and misses, you know, just in those just in those four innings last night. You know, he's only he's only walked one guy, which has been the big thing in his first two appearances. I mean, he was he was somebody with Pittsburgh that you know it might have been better off for whoever was catching to set up outside the zone on purpose because he's not going to hit his spot. You know, so maybe he'd luck in and, and get one over the plate and get a couple of strikes because that was the big thing with him was control you know maybe maybe it was a change of scenery or maybe you know tampa's done very well with developing pitching over the last few years they can't keep them healthy unfortunately but the guys that have pitched they've gotten a lot of uh, they've gotten a lot of profit out of them so he's very interesting going forward and it's they're you know hopefully 
us as fantasy owners, we want to get as many quality innings out of him as, as we can. If he's going to keep being an opener, yeah, that eliminates any chance he has as a win or a quality start, whichever whichever format you play in. He's it, it definitely hurts his value right now in those formats. But if he can pitch well throughout the rest of the season, I think Tampa will eventually have enough arms where they can go to a normal rotation. You know, Honeywell eventually get healthy. Dalio eventually get healthy. Glass now somebody that could be in that. Yeah, so he's very, definitely very interesting. Again, his for me, his upside's limited a little bit the rest of the season because he's, you know, as long as he's going to be opening, he's not going to be getting wins, no chance at a quality start. So that hurts a little bit, but it's it's definitely good to see because he's somebody that was a was a top pitching prospect there for several years, and you want to see these guys succeed. You know, there's not there can never be too many good pitchers. So no, I agree, and it, it's fun. Uh, on my other baseball show, I've been really, really excited about what the Rays have been doing. And, you know, it's never pretty when you have to be in the same division as the Red Sox and the Yankees ever. And they're they're finding ways to compete in the future with, the way, with these moves they've made in glass. Now you can pair them, pair them with uh, Snell and then, you know, Honeywell and stuff. It could be a fun little rotation they have there. But we're talking this year now, and we're going to assume they're going to keep sending him out there to get, to get the, the length of the games and be that guy is this someone you're really attacking hard this week in, in fab if you have the money or are you still kind of hesitant? Not attacking hard, but I definitely want to try to grab him if I can. Cause again, if they're going to, if they're eventually going to let him, you know, if they're going to keep upping his pitch count every start, he could get to that point where he's a full fledged starter and we're not even thinking twice, but because it's Tampa and because they, I mean, let's face it, they've had a lot of success with, with the way they've been doing mm-hmm. things with their bullpen and their rotation and all. So if they're just, if they realize that he's somebody that, you know, can only go two times through the order, or if, as long as they're keeping him under 75 pitches, they're getting really good quality innings out of them. They might keep it that way for the rest of the season. I definitely would try to get a piece, especially if I'm desperate for pitching, but my, my expectations are tempered, unfortunately, until I see him, you know, even pitch into like the sixth inning. I think if, you know, if you're in a league uh, that's a little more shallow and you see him even start to pitch in the fifth and sixth inning, grab him immediately because that means they are trying to, you know, increase his, increase his workload as each start goes by. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can see that being a, an interesting one there. So, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. It could, you know, help you the last month and a half, two months of the season. Let's talk about another Tampa Bay Ray, and he's not really lighting the world on fire, but pedigree-wise, we know Willie Adamas has – been really, really good in the minors. Some say he should have been playing last year, but they finally got rid of Echeverria now, and they're giving him the role going forward. Is this a guy you might be interested in for a little power, some maybe speed out of him, or are you just going to say, you know what, it's great, we'll worry about you next year? Uh, yeah, I mean, in a, in a 15 team, definitely. I actually, I scooped him up in TGFBI this past fab period uh, for a dollar. It was a nice. I was I was kind of happy about it with um, Echeverria getting cut. That was the big thing. He's going to have the playing time every day. He's not going to be bouncing back and forth between second and short either. They're going to let him play every day at one spot. And yeah, you know, his strikeouts are are up. You know, this year compared to what he was doing in the minors, but that could just be an adjustment period where we're. Um, you know, where we're seeing some, he, you know, he had the big hit last night for them. So that, you know, maybe that's starting to turn around. And the, in September, there's going to be some, you know, he, they're going to have the Yankees and the Red Sox obviously on the schedule, but they're going to have some, some dogs on the schedule too. You know, my Orioles aren't playing for anything. Toronto's starting to, starting to throw out some guys there that, you know, they started Tyler Clippard in a game last week. So, you know, okay. there could be some pitchers for, for Adames to pick on down the stretch. So he, you know, yeah, definitely in 15 team, he needs, I think he needs to be on the radar. That's a great point you just made there is, Come September, it's going to get really interesting for some of these guys. You're going to see some of these young players, like hitters we talk about, 
get a ton of playing time, and they're going to be facing basically AAA pitchers. So yeah. it'll make things really, really interesting out there. and uh, Might pad some stats and be deceiving for next year, but we don't care about that at the moment. Yeah, the, Byron Bucks, the Byron Bucks in effect. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, let's not talk about him anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, Tommy Pham comes over to Tampa Bay. Everyone's excited about it, kind of like, what the heck just happened? But he comes over, gets hit. He's on the DL with a broken foot or fractured foot. He's going to be out for a little while. Um, they bring Austin Meadows back up, who came over in the Glasnow deal for Archer. He's going to get everyday time. He's intriguing. Let's start with Glasnow first. Is he a guy that gets your attention? Because it's still a crowded outfield with uh, Malik Smith and Kiermaier and uh, maybe platooning with Meadows in uh, one of the corner outfield spots. Yeah, I mean, Bowers is in there as well. They've got some. They've got some options. And Tampa, you know, they love to platoon anyway, even when they are are at full strength. You know, Meadows came up, you know, like a bat out of hell when he when um, I think it was when it was when Marte went down was when he first yes. came up with the Pirates, yes. and things started to cool off a little bit. Maybe you know, maybe the league was starting to figure him out. He's got a little bit of that prospect fatigue going, but he's definitely interesting, especially if he's going to get everyday playing time. Uh, you know, fam, it was a nice pickup for to see. And the good news was in the last couple of days is it's not a season ender, which when I first saw it, you know, anytime you hear a foot fracture, that can be, you know, that could have easily ended a season. So it's nice, you know, for his owners that he is going to make get some playing time before the season's over. Uh, Malik Smith's actually been been pretty interesting. Um, you know, he's up there, he's up to 23 steals, and his WRC plus is up to 121. He's drawn some walks. He's not he's not just, you know, barely slapping the ball through the infield. He's doing some doing some things. He's now getting moved to the leadoff spot pretty much full time, it appears, over the last couple of weeks. So that's nice to see. Tampa's outfield is really nice. And I really like Jake Bowers. Uh, he's somebody that I he's somebody I went big in for Fab and TGFBI when he was caught up. And the power hasn't quite been there but he didn't have the greatest power profile coming up anyway but i thought maybe his power would play up with the you know with the juice ball and all so is he's he's been a nice um nice asset for tampa as well their outfield looks really good for the for the future for the next couple of seasons yeah no just goes with the pitching comment i made earlier they're making some good strides there uh bowers is interesting because the 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 averages there he's walking a ton he's stealing bases for kind of a somewhat bigger guy that might not last farther in his career, but for now we don't care. But um, that's very interesting. I love the Malik Smith idea because remember when everybody like ran to the wire to go pick him up earlier this year when, you know, they traded Steven Souza, it's Malik Smith's turn. Oh, that didn't work. Kevin Kiermaier goes down. Okay. It's Malik Smith's turn. It really never panned out. Well, now Malik Smith's running with, like you said, he's leading off. He has five steals in the month of August already in six games. He's playing really, really well. I think if you're looking for steals in the Roto, league this is a must add guy if he's still available for you there's gonna be a handful more that's kind of one of the trends i noticed not on purpose when i started making our outline there's a lot of speed guys we're gonna to get to talk about today but uh malik smith is very interesting i think he should be sniped up and pretty much everywhere you have him because if he continues to play well even when fam comes back i think he'll get some pretty regular playing time because medals will go back down they already said they want him to get every day at bats the most they can so i think that's gonna be very very interesting with malik smith and maybe he'll become that guy that people thought he could be at one point in time. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, with some of the speed guys, he's he's shown that he's not going to be the the Billy Hamilton, you know, hitting two twenty and providing just speed and killing you in, in that aspect. So it's nice to see that he's can be a not a five category producer, but he's not going to be a zero in power, and he's going to be able to get on base enough to score runs and give himself some more opportunities to steal. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk about another speed guy, uh, Alberto Mondesi. This is a, a hyped prospect in the Royal system. He really never panned out when he had a short try earlier this year. He's back up. He's getting every day at bats now because they're in their full rebuild. 
They're just saying, screw it, we're going with it. He's got 12 steals on the year, four in the month of August. Dead on speed guy. But he's actually, you know, his OBP's decent, not great, but he, he's making it happen. And uh, the downside they're hitting towards the bottom of the batting order. What's your thoughts on Mondesi? Because, you know, middle infield sometimes hard to find. Yeah, I mean, if you need speed, you need speed. But he's not – I mean, you don't want to write off a guy too early. But between this and a couple other times that he's gotten an opportunity to play, he doesn't appear to be a very good hitter. Um, you know, his walk rate on the season is less than 2%, which is in some – you know, that's on some D. Gordon stuff right there. And his WRC Plus is at 76, and it's just not – you know, like you mentioned, hitting at the bottom of the order of a bad order. So it's not like there's going to be any any run scored opportunity or any RBI opportunities. It's just purely a steal play. I don't – he, you know, Malik Smith has proved that he's not really, you know, built in that Billy Hamilton class. And we might – Mondesi might be somebody that we're looking at where he is in that in that Billy Hamilton class where it's just a steal play. He's going to be, a you know, a pain in the ass to own. And you just got to, you know, hold your nose and take the steals. No, that's kind of what I'm looking at there. Let's talk Nick Williams of the Philadelphia Phillies, a guy that's always seemed to be, you know, like a 250-ish hitter, tons of pop, especially for right-handed pitching. But he was almost strictly in a platoon. Now you go back, you look at game logs, and since the month of July, let's go back that far, he's pretty much starting, I'd say, almost every game. There's only a few games he's not starting. He started every game in the month of August where he's white hot in the month of August when it comes to at least, you know, getting on base, hitting some homers. All, overall in the season, he has 16 home runs, and that's not an everyday playing time, like I said, until recently. This could be a guy that could really help you down the stretch run and maybe even pay attention to next year. What's your thoughts on Nick Williams? Yeah, I've scooped him up in a couple of spots um, where he was dropped. Like you said, you know, there was a platoon situation there with, with Altera early in the season. But his walk rate's up 2% this year. Uh, fly ball rate is up, you know, kind of going with that a little, you know, maybe a little bit of that launch angle revolution. And it's a really good lineup compared to what it's been the last couple of years when they were rebuilding. You know, so you're going to get your counting stats. The lineup's going to keep turning over. And if Williams is out there in your league, he's somebody um, – that I just go, I'd go right out and grab in anything, you know, 12 or bigger. He, he should be owned. And he's going to be interesting going into next draft season because he's still young enough that he can prove. Um, yeah, I don't know what the net, or sorry, what the Phillies are going to do this offseason. You hate to see maybe he'd be a trade chip if they wanted to go get another pitcher, but that could also, depending where he ends up, could give you a nice park boost. But Williams is somebody I'm excited about for the rest of 2018 and going forward. Yeah, I've always been like a fan of his, but it's always been so hard to commit. Like you said, that platoon with all there, like playing DFS every day. I love those two guys because okay, it's the lefty you use him versus the righty you use him. They're always cheap. It's a beautiful thing. But uh, every day at bats, if he can show he can hit lefties in that ballpark, like you said, in that lineup, it's young. They're going to be competitive here for a little while. It's going to be very interesting. There is a, a scare there going forward in the future, not so much this season, like you said. He could be dealt because they have so much depth in the minors, especially in the outfield position. This could be an, an easy move that could, you know, some team could see this run down the stretch here and boom, off he goes. So, well, and very their owner is, yeah, say their owner has come out and he's, he wants to go after Machado and Harper. So, I mean, if they, I don't think they'd be too much in the running for Harper, but, you know, money talks. If, if Harper or somebody big like that ends up there, he probably would end up either getting moved or hopefully he wouldn't be a fourth outfielder for anybody that's got some keeper dynasty shares. But he's definitely, as of right now, got a, got a really bright future. What's going to be scary about the Phillies is they got so much money and so much youth. Yeah. They might go get Machado and then wait a year and get Trout because they want to bring Trout home, and that would just be. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, Trout's a Philly guy. Yeah, that would be that, that would be devastation. Yeah, that <laughs> just I'd like it because I mean the Dodgers wouldn't be so good anymore because there'd be a team that could just stomp them down to the ground. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, bring some of the NL power over to the over to the East. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, why don't you guys send some of the AL this way then? No, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, ben Zobrist. It's not a flashy name by any means. People think platoon guy, nothing special. You know, he had a big hit in the World Series, but it's Ben Zobrist. Nothing crazy. Except now he's been playing good. They've been in him second a lot in the order, uh, at least for the last week or so, and he's been pretty darn productive. Uh, not showing the home run power, but you don't expect that. But extra base hits, scoring runs. Uh, this could be a guy, especially with his multi-positional eligibility, that could help out. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, you yeah, you kind of nailed it there. Not the sexiest name, but he's got as many walks as strikeouts uh, so far in the season. So in an OBP league, he's a definite plus. You got the multi-position eligibility. And, you know, he's, that's the thing with him is he's going to be a compiler because he's not he doesn't really run anymore. Not a big power guy as much as he was in his younger days in Tampa. But if he's going to be hitting at the top of that lineup, that lineup's still good, even though they're missing Bryant. That's a nice pickup in a deeper league. If you're in a you know a daily moves league where you can move them around or daily lineup league and you can move them around, you know, between the outfield and middle. It's a nice it's a nice pickup. Again, not the sexiest guy, probably not going to win your league, but he could be a, fill, a definite fill in with some of the injuries that are out there right now. All right, let's talk about a couple Cincinnati Reds players. We'll start with uh, Philip Irvin. Yes, these aren't going to be flashy names at all, but he's getting everyday playing time, uh, and he's got a little bit of pop in that bat. He's still hitting three oh nine in a small sample to start the year, but in that time he's got two homers. Um, is this a guy we're interested in, or are we more interested in the guy Mason Williams who we'll talk about in a minute? Yeah, I mean, I guess Irvin, um, he runs, he's going to run a little bit when he plays, um, but the playing time, that's the thing is they've got kind of a – you know, they've got kind of a weird little log jam there, um, you know, for the Reds. I mean, they're going to keep playing Hamilton. You know, Winker went down uh, for the season, so that opened up a spot. But between Irvin and and Williams, uh, you know, they they um, they traded for um, – oh, my gosh, I had his name. Oh, I'm, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, Shelbert? Tucker, Preston Tucker. Yeah, Preston – no, Tucker, they traded yeah, for Tucker. Preston Tucker. He's there. Yeah. Like you said, Shelbert's coming back. If any one of these guys can get hot and run with the playing time, it's it's – you know, the playing time will be there. It'll be nice. Irvin would be the one that I'd like to see get it just for the just for the steals upside. But as of now, I think you can kind of pass them over. I think even at fifteen teams, there's better there's better chances. I'd I'd, I'd rather take. Okay, uh, pretty similar thoughts on uh, Mason Williams. I'm assuming uh, see uh, they're kind of platooning with each other almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Williams had a uh, he's hit a couple bombs. I think since he's been up. Um, yeah. You know, former Yankees prospect, and it, again, if he if I knew he was going to play every day, he'd be interesting. But same thing with Preston Tucker, same thing with Irvin. I just think they're going to get in each other's way and not really provide a lot of consistent value down the stretch. All right, let's talk about another steals target we could look at. Uh, he's been batting leadoff for the Baltimore Orioles since getting traded from the Brew Crew. We're talking Jonathan VR, and he's actually played really well since getting traded to the Brewers. Uh, I mean, to the Orioles. Uh, he has he's hit it in four of his five games three of the five multi-hit games. The funny part is, though, is Buck Showalter comes out and says he's got the green light, and he's only has one steal and one attempt, I believe. So what's your thoughts on Jonathan VR? Yeah, uh, Buck Showalter's green light's a little different than everybody else's. That's true. Very, very true. And somebody has watched this team a lot. Um, it was since he's been the manager, it's, it's, there was the, there was that random Nate McLeod year that, you know, I think where he got the 30 steals and then nobody else has really been allowed to run, you know, Manny had the one season where he stole 20 bags. And I think that was more Manny just telling him like, Hey, I'm going to do this. Cause I want to, I want to try to fatten up my next contract. Uh, but anyway, um, VR might be just kind of a, it's, it's a cross board reference, but he might just be like. You know, you see these guys in the NBA that put up a lot of good stats on bad teams. And even though in baseball it's a, it's a little bit different, um, but he's somebody that his big year with the Brewers was when they weren't good yet. Uh, so maybe he's just somebody that's just because he's a little, 
he's a little erratic. He's a little over the place defensively. He can make, you know, he can make some, some really wonderful plays defensively. And then he'll just do some, something really boneheaded, you know, the next time a ball's hit his way, he might just be somebody that's best suited to, to play on a bad team, do whatever the heck he wants, kind of go with the flow. So he's somebody that because of the, because we've seen him get these hot stretches before in Milwaukee, a little bit with Houston, where he could be somebody that changes the course of your league for you because he can be a doubles machine. And if he's hitting leadoff, even though the Orioles lineup isn't very good, it's still a good hitters park. It's still a good park for, or still a good division for parks. And Adam Jones is still there. You know, he can still do some things. Uh, Trey Mancini's starting to heat up a little bit, you know, so he could have some people behind him to knock him in. You know, but VR is definitely somebody that could swing leagues um, down the stretch if he's going to continue to produce, and if the and if the lights just green enough for him to run. Yeah, I agree. If the lights green enough to run, he could put like double digit steals up on the board for the rest of the way. A little bit of pop in that ballpark it could be really, really interesting uh, with VR the rest of the way. So go grab him if you can. It's probably one of the top guys I'd look at this week. I'm assuming he's still there, which deeper leagues probably not, but uh, go check him out. Uh, let's talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I know he's on the DL right now, but I wanted to just mention how hot he's been as he started taking ground balls today. So hopefully he'll be back here sometime maybe early next week. He hit in 16 of 17 games he played in in July. Before he went on the DL, he had 11 straight games of multi-hit games. This guy was starting to live up to the hype. Um, if Gurriel's available, are you running to go get him? Not really. Um, I think that might have just been a hot stretch that we saw before. Before he hurt, you know, Steamer only has him projected for a two sixty eight batting average the rest of the way. He had never really, he never really done even anything like that in the minors. You know, his pop is kind of so so. He doesn't really run a lot. Uh, you know, so yeah, if he, if he comes back and you see where he's going to start hitting a little bit, maybe maybe you go scoop him. But he's he's not somebody unless I'm super super desperate in middle infield that I'm that I'm waiting to to sit on for to see when he comes back. Okay. Um, let's talk about another youngster that might be getting the call for most of the season. It was always, he's not coming up this year. He's not coming up this year. Well, now it looks like Eli Jimenez might be coming up this year. So uh, plans have changed uh, in Chicago, and he's been hitting the snot out of the baseball everywhere he goes. What's your thoughts on Eli for the last like month and a half of the season? Oh, yeah. If he gets the call, I'm super excited. Uh, he, he's somebody that's a potential – you know, none, none of the guys we've really talked about, really outside of VR or even like you know the speed of somebody, uh, you know, like a uh, yeah, like a Mondesi. This is the one true like real league winner that we're probably going to potential league winner that we're talking about today. Like you mentioned, he's crushed it at every level of the minors that he's been in this season and previous to this season. The power, you know, the power potential is just off the charts. It's a good part to hit in. Um, you know, he'll hit right in the middle of that lineup. You think probably behind Abreu when he does come up. And it, one interesting, you know, thing about him is Steamer has it projected for a you know 130 WRC plus uh, when he does come up to play, which is which is kind of rare for for Steamer to do that. But even if you want to go to another projection system like the Bat, still has him at 109, which is above league average. So, you know, the numbers are backing it up that this guy when when he comes up, assuming that he comes up around like the 15th ish or so, I think is the rumor that's out there right now of this month. Uh, he could has the potential to be a league winner if he he's probably owned in the majority of leagues, but if by chance he's not. God, grab him now. I would go so far as if you're truly desperate to just blow your fab on it before you have the chance, before or before he comes up and someone else has the chance to grab him because he's somebody that if he gets six to seven weeks of playing time is uh is a is a game changer and he could potentially win you your league. No, I love it. That's what I was going to ask you. What would you do? Because I was thinking just whatever you have, 
but it's like yeah, put it just, all on black. Yeah, just, just yeah, go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're especially if you're somebody that's in the middle of the standings, you might it's a it's going to take you know everything to break right for you anyway. You might as well just blow it. You know, just just throw it all in there. You know, light it on fire. Go zero dollars the rest of the way and go grab him. Yeah, because at worst he's going to get you homers, runs, and RBIs. If it's an OBP league, he might be pretty decent. Average isn't horrible. Like he's got production for you. Yeah, and I think once the White Sox do make the decision to call him up, they're not going to toy with him. And if he goes, you know, yeah. two for his first twenty, they bench him or send him back down. Once I think once he gets called up, he should be here to stay, especially for the rest of the season. I mean, there's no reason to send him back down if he does struggle. No, I agree, and that's the thing is I think that's why they've held off so long. Is at least some of these teams are smart enough. It's like I understand how us as fans want all of these guys up to like see, but at the same time, like let's talk Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yes, we want to see him, but they're holding out hope that Donaldson can come back, they can showcase him and trade him. That's what they have to do. And if they do that, then they have to sit uh, Vladdy, and they don't want to sit mm-hmm. him up here. That's the whole thing. It's like yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna start his clock, we're playing him every single day, and it's go time. So that's a very good point you made there. If he, if Eloy gets the call. He should be in there like at least six out of seven days a week. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd hope so anyway. And the White Sox seem to, even though they're a little behind some of the other teams that started rebuilding around the time they did, they, for the most part, haven't been too crazy. They're not too far out there with, with doing ridiculous things with their prospects and all. So I trust them to, once he's up, to just keep him in the lineup every day. Yeah, because they're kind of, they know where they're at in their rebuild and they still have another year or so to go before it's there. So they're smart enough for that. On the same note, you know, if we get Eloy, maybe we get lucky and get Vlad for a month. You never know. Maybe Victor Robles gets a spot. It's gonna be a fun September on baseball when it comes to prospects. Yeah, give us a reason. When, you know, you're already watching a lot of these bad teams anyway, just because that's mm-hmm. just part of what we do. But at least it'll give yeah. us something to look forward to. And it's like, oh, White Sox, Blue Jays is on the schedule. I might actually, I might actually watch more than ten pitches of that. I'd rather watch that than Red Sox Yankees. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those talk, guys, uh, at least at least the White Sox Blue Jays will take three hours and not seven hours, like like Red Sox Yankees exactly. seem to do. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually, the wife says we got to do something. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the trade that finally happened. It was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. Then it, then it finally happened. Now it's waiver wires. But Mike Fires comes to the Oakland A's. It made sense since the day the Tigers signed Mike Fires that he was going to be dealt for somebody, anybody. They just wanted more depth in their farm system. So he gets dealt. He's been actually pretty decent this year for Mike Fires' terms. He's like a good fourth starter in your rotation. And that's the one thing the A's need. As much as I like their team, as good as their team is, they need starting pitchers, pitching depth for whatever. Just someone that can breathe and throw five innings because that bullpen's nasty. Um, what's your thoughts on Mike Fires? And is he fantasy relevant? Because he makes his debut tonight against the Dodgers. Yeah, he's somebody that, you know, with Detroit – with Detroit, his strikeouts were down, um, but the walks were also down compared to the previous seasons in his career. He's always been somebody that can pile up the strikeouts, you know, but if he wasn't on, he could, he could you know, light your ratios up pretty quick. And that's, that's changed this year. Again, the walks are down. And with the A's, I'm kind of intrigued by fires going there because, I, you know, I was – when I saw that they were going to start Edwin Jackson, they were going to start Brett Anderson. You know, I was kind of, I was kind of laughing at myself a little bit. I'm like, no, really, you guys couldn't have found anything better than this. Yeah. But maybe they've got something figured out. You know, they've got a really good defense behind them. You know, everybody knows how good uh, Matt Chapman is is handling third defensively. So he might some of this, that's pretty interesting down the stretch. You know, the ballpark. Uh, you know, Comerica's a nice pitcher's park as it is, but he goes to Oakland, which is again one of the better pitcher's parks in the league. Uh, so he could definitely have some fantasy relevance, especially as a streamer and anything that's going on uh, or anytime he has a two-star week. 
Yeah, I agree. The streaming is possible. He's going to, you know, have some interesting games in division. He actually has an offense behind him, unlike in Detroit, that can help him if he gives up a few runs. I think it's really interesting. And just for fun now, you mentioned Edward Jackson. Would you rather stream Fires or Jackson? Because Jackson's actually been good so far. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing. It's like when like I said they when they signed him, I was laughing, but he's been Oh we all were you know, we I, all I've were been waiting wait, I've been waiting for it and I saw you know, I would yeah, you know, I see him get scooped up in a couple of deep leagues and I'm like, Man, I I, I don't know, I haven't seen that guy's team, but he must be really desperate. He's going for Edwin Jackson yeah. and it's like it's working. It hasn't it hasn't blown up yet and you know, you got Oakland's got something figured out there and Brett Anderson's the other one. I mean, he's been on and off the DL uh, you know, four or five times like he usually does, but he's at least been okay when he's been in there. I mean, they've got Trevor Cahill looking like Cahill was supposed to look like when he was, you know, 24, 25 years old, which has been nice to see. Uh, so maybe they've got something going on out there in Oakland. Maybe this is just their year and, and fires can, can provide us some value down the stretch, but I probably back to your question. Uh, I'll choose fires um, just because, you know, fires has at least been useful in, in the recent, you know, in the past couple of years where Jackson's just been, you know, when he has pitched, pretty much been a dumpster fire. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I'd feel better. I'd feel better about myself if I picked up fires. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I just can't see Edwin Jackson's name on my roster. It just terrifies me. Yeah. As, as bad as my roster might be, it can be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just mention real quick. I want to talk about Robinson Cano. He's doing his rehab assignment, coming back for it's weird calling it a rehab assignment because it's not really rehabbing anything except yeah. his ego. Um, he <laughs> got busted for steroids, obviously, but he's in Tacoma with the Rainiers, and they haven't played first base. They're going to play third base and, I believe, second base. They're going to rotate around the diamond. But I, the ideal situation is since they traded for Cameron Maven in center, D. Gordon's at second. They're going to have Cano kind of platoon at first with Ryan Healy. Um What's your thoughts on Cano coming back? Because some people might have gotten lazy and dropped him because they were desperate and dropped him. But it doesn't even sound like he's got regular everyday at bats, which is really strange. Yeah, that's the – I mean, the good thing is if you've held on to him this long, they're at least going to play him because uh, I know there was a – at least the first, you know, maybe the halfway through his suspension, it was like, oh, are they even, even going to play him You know, when he gets back? But it's pretty obvious that they are going to throw him out there in some capacity. Um. You know, it, it just kind of hurts everybody all around, really, outside of Hanager and Cruz and Segura. Those are the only guys that are probably going to be locked into at-bats. You know, you could see Gordon sitting a game here and there, like you said, because they added Mabin. Um, I think the one that hurts the most is is, is Ryan Healy because it just it makes sense. If they're, if Cano's going to play first, it just makes sense to platoon the two of them. You know, have you know have Cano or have Cano out, you know, sitting out against lefties or if they want to give Seager – um, you know, a day off against a really tough lefty. Cano's usually been better against lefties in his career than Seager has, so maybe Healy goes over to third. But Healy's not, you know, not exactly lighting the world on fire defensively at third base. So they're going to – it's going to be a juggling act down the stretch, and I think it's the only thing it's really going to do is just take plate appearances away from from all the guys involved, really, outside of, like I said, Hanager, Seager, and Cruz. But, again, even Cruz, if he's dinged up, they have more, they have more options now to give him a break. So it could just, you know, hurt the – Kind of hurt all the Mariners hitters going forward. Yeah, I guess bright side they they have depth now. That's one thing we can look at. But yeah, and yeah. this thing is they're gonna they're gonna want to keep putting Cano you know out there because they are still trying to make the playoffs even though they're not going to have him. He is one of their better hitters even if they won't have him for the playoffs. It's a, so it's going to be a sticky situation. Definitely. Uh, let's talk Ryan Zimmerman. Not a it's a, it's the name when people hear they're like oh no not again. But he had that great year last year. This year he's showing that injury riddled Brian Zimmerman. We've grown to love. But since he's come back, you know, he's not lighting the world on fire. But, you know, he's got hits in six of his last eight with uh, five or four of those being double-digit games. He's showing a little bit of pop. 
Uh, he's not playing every day, though, which kind of concerns you. But say they start playing him regularly or at least in a daily-type league, is this a guy that we could get back on board with? Yeah, I I guess if you're – if you're super desperate, I mean, he's out. He's out there in more than half of uh, CBS leagues. CBS, you know, they usually have have some deeper catered to deeper leagues over there. Um, so that was, I thought that was a good gauge that he is still out there in a lot of leagues. You know, like you said, I think daily lineup leagues is really the only way that you can know for sure that you're going to maximize the value out of him because they've got Adams. You know, Reynolds is still hanging out there. So I, I'm not. I'm not very excited. It's not somebody unless I'm super super desperate. I'm not going out and grabbing him. Okay, yeah, no, he's just kind of one of those, I guess, maybe dailies at best, but other than that, it's kind of tough. Let's talk about a name that kind of has my attention, and it's probably only because I play daily that I caught on to him, but David Boat of the Chicago Cubs. He's been playing a ton of third base with um, Chris Bryant out, and even reports came out yesterday, Chris Bryant still can't take batting practice. He's yeah. way more messed up than people let on to, which makes so much more sense now to why his numbers are where they're at this season. Yeah, exactly. But, Talking David Boat, it's like it's not consistent, but overall he's played really well, hitting 344, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. He's got three stolen bases. What depth of a league do you want? Do you need to pick David Boat up? Um, I, I think he'd be a 15 team ad. Um, I do. I did notice that um, depending on which site you play on, he does have second and or short, depending on what the site is. So maybe that puts him on a 12 team radar. If you've got somebody that's eligible at middle and corner down the stretch, but he, you know, throughout the minors, he showed pretty good pop, had decent plate discipline. Um, so, it, you know, in that lineup, it, if he's going to be playing the majority of the time at third base, he's definitely interesting. And if you play on one of the sites where he's got, uh, you know, second, and or short, it's definitely a definitely somebody I would scoop up. He's somebody that uh, I own Brian in a couple of leagues, and when he was going through his day to day stretch, I you know I'd be checking the lineup, you know, scrolling through Twitter, refreshing, oh, is he in the lineup today? Is he in the lineup today? And I'd see this boat pop up, and I'm just really like, oh, get, get that out of here. I want I want Brian. So that's how I that's how I knew he was in there because I kept waiting for Brian to come back. And after about the third day in a row, seeing him, I was like, oh, he's probably going back on the disabled list. Yep, it started coming, and like when those reports came out the other day about him still not taking batting practice, like, uh oh, this is a uh, this is real, folks. This might this yeah, might be pretty. That's bad. gonna get that could get real ugly. Yeah, um, let's talk Steven Souza Jr. Obviously, we kind of hinted at him earlier this year talking about Smith got dealt to the D backs before the season. Started out okay, nothing special. Went on the DL for a while. He's back, and he's starting to look like Steven Souza Jr. again. He's getting on base almost on the daily right now, showing a little bit of power. Um, I'm liking what I've seen the last, let's say, 10 to 14 days. Uh, what's your thoughts on Steven Souza? Yeah, it was looking like it might have been a lost season for him, but he has started to heat up a little bit lately. The problem is I don't just see where the consistent playing time is going to come from out there. Uh, you know, they've traded for John Jay. David Peralta um, has been good all season, but he's been on fire over the last couple of days. He's got a few more hits uh, and some RBIs today against the Phillies. And I just don't see where the consistent playing time is going to come from. You know, he'll get in there against lefties. Uh, and they'll bench John Jay, but he, I don't, unless an injury happens to AJ Pollock, which I mean, it's AJ Pollock. So it definitely, it definitely could, it definitely could. But as of now, he's, he's kind of going to be kind of low on my list of guys that I'd be looking to looking to stash or even to, or even to keep an eye on. Um, Cause again, like I said, unless Pollock goes down or Peralta goes down, it doesn't look like the everyday playing time is going to be there. And then Jared Dyson is still, is still hanging out there, you know, pinch running and sitting on the end of the bench doing Jared Dyson things. So that would still, you know, that would still interfere with Sousa, you know, if, if somebody else were to go down. I think when it's all said and done, his, you know, 30 homer, 16 steal season that we saw last year is probably end up being a career best for Sousa. 
That sucks, but Jared Dyson doing Jared Dyson things. That is a <laughs> phenomenal quote right there. Um, let's talk David Dahl. Now, this is a guy, if you've watched Prospects, this is a guy we've been waiting for. Every time the Rockies bring an outfielder back, we wonder why. You have Dahl, you have Tapia, all these things. Um, he's, he got called back up. Now he's healthy. He's been up for three games. He started the last two. He's got hits in both games. He's already got a steal since his return. We know the guy can rake. It's just a matter of staying healthy. The fact that they had him and Blackman in the order together yesterday showed me a lot. Looks like they might be really trying to keep him out there. What's your thoughts on David Dogg? Because if he's an everyday guy, he's got to be intriguing in Coors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when I saw they recalled him, I was just like, oh, here we go again. And then it was uh, Monday this week. He he let off, and it's like, oh, but Blackman's on the line out there just giving him a day off. Well, then yesterday, like you said, he's back in the lineup. And now he's in the lineup again today. And just before um, you and I hopped on air, he hit a two-run bomb. So he's nice. it, the hypes of the hypes. The hype train is about to start, about yeah. to start going full steam. Damn, and, we missed it. We yeah, missed exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, and and that's the thing about Dahl. As soon as that hype train, as soon as it gets up into you know, it gets into like fifth gear, he's gonna disappoint us. The Rockies will do something stupid or he'll get hurt. But for now, it looks like he's finally, um, finally taking that spot from Para, which kind of should have been all along as long as he was healthy. Especially the Rockies are two and a half back of the second wild card right now. They have no, you know veterans young guys they can throw all that crap out the window and just play their best players uh, so it's this could maybe finally 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 be it for david Dahl. we can finally you know as fantasy owners get to reap all the potential he has yeah i can't wait because i have him i think in every stinking fantasy league i own because I've, I've been like so I, this, the 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 ability is there it's like you yeah. see it all the time it's just yeah. make it happen when they signed cargo this offseason i could have put up my fist through a wall i was like what are you <laughs> doing um but yeah. It's just so frustrating. So, yeah, I'd say grab him anywhere you can right now because he no one probably owned him. This was kind of a surprise thing. It wasn't really rumored that, hey, mm-hmm. we're calling up David Dahl. And you're probably, you, the, exactly what you said, especially the first game when he pinch hit. It's like, okay, here we go again. But now three straight starts. He goes deep, like you said, today as we record on Wednesday. By the time Fab comes around Sunday, if, as long as he doesn't get hurt, we've seen this happen oh, a lot yeah. with David Dahl. Yeah. He yeah. might be one of the hottest commodities out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you hit it. I mean, the ability playing in core is still a good lineup. Just needs to stay healthy. Hopefully, he's not one of the one of these guys where the idea of David Dahl is better than the actual you know reality of David Dahl. But hopefully, we're hopefully we're getting to where that uh, dream you know becomes a reality for all of us. Yeah. Um, would you rather have, assuming both get everyday playing time, Nick Williams or David Dahl? With. with with you know, we're looking at eight-ish weeks left in the season. Yeah. Dolls, I got the potential um, to be a to be a difference maker in your league. Where as much as I like Williams and as good as he's been, um, I don't see where he's going to really like just have that. You know, he Williams doesn't have the you know the ten home or ten steal potential down the down the road. And again, Dahl would have to have everything break right for him to get that anyway. But at least that's in the in the range of outcomes, so to speak. So I would go for Dahl if I'm trying to. If I'm trying to just swing for the fences, win the league, I'm going for Dahl. Man, now maybe if I'm in first and I've got a decent-sized lead, I want Williams to get the stability and to just kind of keep the counting sets going. So kind of, you know, depending on your team scenario. But in most cases, it would it would probably be Dahl. Well said. Um, let's have another scenario here. Um, you can take two out of these three. Nick Williams, Johnny VR, David Dahl. You can take two out of those three, or you spend all your money on Eloy Jimenez. Which one do you want? Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a good one. I kind of just want to spend all my money on Eloy just to say I did it. Yeah. But, just to, uh, just to no, watch your roster every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to throw like, oh, God, this guy's got to get called up. To see um, all these guys that have one soda and what they get to enjoy and how you can do it. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another. I <laughs> so, to yeah. sidetrack. I put half of my budget on when Soto was called up. I put more than half of what I had at the time, and was still outbid by a hundred dollars. And my TJ that, that was like, crazy. That was, yeah, that was that was a dagger right there. Um, but I, I would I I'll go the safe route and take. I would in that scenario, I would go probably go VR and doll. Even though part of me would just be like, man, let's just blow it on Eloy. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I just wanted to bring it up to people because we both agree. If you're going to blow your load, blow it on Eloy. But yeah. if you kind of want to get a couple pieces, you get some steals, some power. Again, David Dahl, let's see how the rest of the week plays out. But if he is an everyday guy, I think this is a as close as a really nice thing as we're going to find the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Lance Lynn. Mr. Lance Lynn. Um, yeah, he's been a tilting one all year. And the, the, the Yankees trade for him. He comes in for Sonny Gray, pitches really well out of the pen. And then he comes in against the White Sox and pitches really well. Now, let me preface, no offense to your Orioles. He faced the Orioles and he faced the White Sox. So I'm saying take this with a grain of salt. I've already heard a lot of people running with this like he's the savior. Um, What's your thoughts on Lance Lynn and and, uh, the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he did, before the trade, start to heat up a little bit. Um, His curveball usage has kind of ticked up, and I think that's where we've seen the strikeout boost and the performance boost. And, you know, being with the Yankees, you're going to get the run support. Um, not the, Obviously not the greatest home park or the greatest division to pitch in. But you don't need him to go – you don't need him to go deep in the games because they have, you know, the greatest bullpen that money can buy. And they just need him to go go five. Maybe if he gets into the sixth grade, if not, they're going to get him out of there. And I, I think he's definitely worth a, worth a stash. Like I said, he was starting to turn things around, you know, with Minnesota before the trade. And he's somebody that – Maybe we're kind of sort of seeing this, uh, you know, with the, speaking of the Orioles with Alex Cobb, his last two starts haven't They're haven't really been dumps, haven't been a dumpster fire like the, like the previous twenty. Uh, so these guys that got into camp late, maybe it just it takes them a while. They get at it, you know, they're so used to that routine of reporting at the end of February, and if they're not reporting till the middle of March, I mean, it's it's obviously affected Lynn. I think it affected Arietta to a certain extent at the, at the beginning of the season, and Cobb obviously has been has been just been awful. Uh, so Lynn's somebody that I would definitely grab if I need if I need some pitching. Uh, the wins will at least the win potential is definitely going to be there. You know, if nothing else, yeah, I'm assuming you'd rather have Lynn than Cobb, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cobb's like <laughs> a, I, think, yeah. I think Cobb is. Uh, I I don't keep track of win loss records for pitchers very much, but when it's uh, you know something that's ridiculous, I notice this. And well, again, being an Orioles fan, I see that a lot a lot more regularly. I think he is two and thirteen. I think on the season. So the, yeah, he might something, be something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, he'll he'll be lucky to get to get two more wins the rest of the season. But hey, yeah, as far as I just they just need him to to at least be a serviceable pitcher, you know, so that contract isn't just completely awful, you know, in two more years. It's already looked bad enough. But if he can just get back to, you know, like a three seventy five ERA for the next couple seasons, maybe they get something for him in a trade. But just don't just don't be the worst pitcher in the league like he looked the first half of the season. <laughs> uh let's talk Jeff McNeil of the New York Mets, a pretty big prospect was playing really well in the minors, got the call kind of wasn't getting playing time, but the first couple of days when people were, the rumbling was starting. He's been getting it every day pretty much since then. In the last few days played really well with the, with the home run along the way. What's your thoughts on Jeff McNeil? I'm pretty sure he's second base only in most leagues. Yeah, I think, I think he is as well. Um, yeah. The Isdrubal trade really opened up, opened up things for him. Yeah. He's somebody his minor league career was a, uh, not not so much a roller coaster, but it looks like he almost kind of changed changed up his profile a little bit. He ran a lot, uh, you know, when he first started his professional career, and has stopped kind of stopped running as he went along in the minors and started hitting for more power. But that just kind of tells you that the speed is there, the power combination is there. So he's somebody in 
in 15 team that's a it maybe has already been scooped up but should definitely be added especially if you need somebody to help out in the middle and you know Mets are going to met you know maybe they sign I don't know maybe who I don't know who would second base off the top of my head that they might bring out of retirement kind of like they you know like they've done with Austin Jackson and Jose Bautista this year and just play veterans for no reason but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for them he should get playing time the rest of the year and that, that'll be a nice boost, especially in 15 teams. And only I'm sure he was probably grabbed, you know, the second he was called up. Um, but he could be interesting down the stretch. Yeah, I think he's going to be very interesting. Uh, not one of the flashier guys, but you'll probably still get him pretty cheap at the moment. And in only especially, like you said, but uh, could be very, very interesting. One last guy we have down here. And, you know, coming into the year, people might have drafted him thinking he's kind of that safe guy, you know, 15 and 13 mid three to three, seven, five type VRA guy. He's been a mess except Tanner works finally turned it around three really good starts in a row. Is this the signs of things to come? Like you can trust him for the stretch run. Or are you terrified old Tanner's coming back? Yeah. I, I've even when he's been, you know, good, I've never been a big believer in, in Tanner arc. He just doesn't, he doesn't get the strikeouts pitches to too much contact, you know, and it's, it's not even like his control is amazing because the walks can get out of hand at times. And that's when he starts to really get in trouble. I, you know, you know, there was a start in there against the Mets. There was a start in there against the Reds. If he's got a couple more of them on the schedule, obviously, you know, being the division with the Marlins, it could definitely be, he could definitely be an option. I'm not going to say he's not an option, um, but that's nothing I'm excited about at all. And, you know, that's the thing. If you're in like a 15 team or even anything even deeper than that, and you, it's where he has to be rostered, you know, you, you wouldn't have started him in that start against Milwaukee. And that was going to be his best start. Hell, that's probably his best start in the last three years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's been kind of erratic. He's been beat up by Miami even this year. So, I, I'm not, I'm not interested unless I absolutely have to be, or the matchup is just perfect. Okay. Are there any other kind of players that have stood out to you lately before we wrap it up to kind of have your attention? Or, uh, I mean, we touched. Uh, yeah, like I said we, we've we've touched on a bunch of them here. Um, I mentioned earlier, um, you know, David Peralta uh, has been really hot over the last little bit. He had a little bit of an injury scare. Uh, so it looks like he's starting to turn things around. Um, just as we're as we're recording, it looks like Jaime Barry is having another pretty decent start. Um, I know he's got Detroit today, and then at San Diego is the first of a two, which should be a two start week for him. So that's somebody that could be that could be scooped up um, in Fab this weekend because he's pretty pretty widely um, available. Uh, you know, just somebody else that's that stood out. Anybody that listens to our show um, on FWFB. Zach Wheeler, somebody that I started touting, you know, right, you know, right as the breakout was about to happen, you could kind of see it. It was starting to take shape, and he's just been, he's been great, and he's got a couple of really good starts um, on the docket as well coming for him. I know he's got a Marlin start coming up soon, so he's somebody that I would, I wouldn't necessarily. He's not available, obviously, in any league of any depth, but I would, if you have him, I wouldn't be worried. I think this this ride's going to continue. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. We touched on a lot of the guys that have that have been kind of catching my eye here lately. All right. Yeah, no, I like that Berea call. I've uh, been streaming him off and on throughout the year. He's he's not going to light the world on fire, but for the most of the most of the time, he, you know, he's pretty quality starty, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you look there, and then I love Wheeler. I I grabbed him a few weeks ago, like everywhere I possibly could. Um, I, I was playing a week or two after you guys were talking about him, but mm-hmm. I jumped on because I when I started seeing him, I'm like, okay, this is this looks like the guy people were talking about, and uh, looks yeah, really finally. really good. Finally, yes. Yeah. 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 Finally happened. I actually I got one for you. Um, something that just came up. What do you make of the of the Marlins closer situation? I know that was a little off, a little off there, but no, I thought about like it. Claws out. Yeah, it looks like Barrett yeah. claws out. 
It's a mess. They, they said Bearclaw's out because he struggled so much, and it's funny because they were trying to keep him in there so they could probably deal him, and now it's going to be hard to deal him. So they're going to put – Donnie Baseball says he's going back to get healthier and get, get his mind right, and so they're going to go by committee. And, A, what are the Marlins going to win, like 10, 15 games the rest <laughs> of the way, maybe? Um, B, it's with Donnie Baseball. He's not Dave Roberts yeah. by any means. You don't know what he's going to do, but yeah. um, it could be really, really interesting there. Like, um, I can't even think of what his name is right now. There, there's a couple that might kind of s- switch back in there, but it's not going to be pretty. I'd yeah, rather go. Guerrero Guerrer was the other one. I think that was his name yeah. was brought up as stuck and writer. That might be. And he Guerrero's interesting because he's a he can get some writer. yeah he can get some whiffs. Second writer and as well. But I, yeah. I agree. I mean, if you're desperate for saves, you know, throw throw a couple bucks at him this weekend. But I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go crazy. Yeah, you go get a couple. The one that surprised me still is Jose Leclerc, who after Deakman was traded, we knew he was going to be the guy in Texas, mm-hmm. and he's still only like 25 to 30% owned everywhere. It almost made me wonder what the heck is no oh, one wants to say anymore. Like when I was, at least when I was reading something yeah. earlier this morning, it was 25%. And I'm like, that does yeah, not maybe he's somebody, he could have been somebody that because there was so much movement there, you know, before, right before the deadline and on the deadline, that maybe he just slid through the cracks and in a couple of leagues. I mean, yeah, he's somebody that the skills look really good. If he's, if he's out there, definitely go grab him. Almost even if you don't need saves, just keep him off of somebody that's, that does need the saves where those, you know, if you're in a roto league, if those points can swing mm-hmm. for him, uh, you know, put him ahead of you getting the saves. So I would grab him just to keep him off of other people's teams. And there is a huge take home message for a lot of the guys we've talked about <laughs> steals, stuff like that. Just keep them off someone else's team. Like if you can get them cheap, keep them out of someone else's hands. Uh, yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah. Watch the standings. Not only, not only of your own team, obviously, but who the, the guys that you're either chasing or that are chasing you or tied with or whatever, you know, see if you can try to screw them over in another category. That's, that's part of the game. That is definitely part of the game. So really good stuff, Randy. Uh, I'll let you plug what you got up, what you got going on and maybe what you got coming up. Yeah, I do a uh, a weekly article for Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Uh, it's called Streams and Nightmares to break down every two-star pitcher um, for that week and then give my – I usually do anywhere from four to six uh, streaming options for the week that I recommend. I've been doing that um, pretty much every week all year. Uh, I'll start by kind of throw, throw a wrinkle into things, but back to doing it every week now. It's um, been a lot of fun. And again, um, I podcast once a week over there uh, with Mike Throdekop and Colin Weatherwax. So check that out. And you can follow me on Twitter at RTH222. Awesome, man. Yeah, guys, go check it out. Uh, the Friends of Fantasy Benefit guys were – Friends with many of them. Mason's been on the show and the rest of them. They're all really good dudes and uh, keeps growing like crazy over there. And I guess someone's got to do the work by Mason slacks off somewhere else. So it, it works off pretty well. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that guy works. I don't think that guy works at all, actually, now that, now that you mention it. No, he doesn't. All, all I hear is he's moving and he's doing this. He's on vacation right now, I think. It's crazy. How, how can he take a vacation? But, yeah. No, uh, but, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Everybody go check him out. Go check out Friends of Fantasy Benefits. And um, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 113. Catch you guys next time.